your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Canadians your first listen of the day every day. We are free and available on every podcasting platform. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla, and I am coming to you late Tuesday night after Canadians' overtime loss. And I am joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, the active stick, Laura Saba. And we're talking before uh, we went on the air here, and Laura... That was fun. If if losses in hockey can be fun. Well, isn't this what we wanted? We didn't think that the team was going to be great, but we thought, all right, if they're going to be bad, but they're still going to be fun and entertaining, we'll take it. And I got to say that the forwards in this game put together a really great effort. And, you know, this is what we thought they would be. They have a decent set of forwards and Dominique Ducharme abandoned his idea of rolling four lines. Rolling four lines only works if you're a good team with like balanced talent up and down your forward core. What he did was he double shifted some players. He mixed and matched when necessary. He played the forwards according to what the situation dictated and required And look what happened. They did not fall apart, even though they did have a setback in that second period. Their second periods are not that strong. And that's been the case all along. But in the third, even though they gave up a goal six seconds in, they still put in the effort. They still were able to generate chances, eventually a goal from Jake Evans, but generate shots, chances. Uh, I don't I didn't look at the high danger chances just yet, but the Canadians definitely, definitely played so much better in the third than we're used to seeing. They didn't collapse. They didn't fall apart. They didn't shrivel up and die. They brought the game to overtime. And not only that, in the overtime, they controlled the play for a large chunk of that overtime. And that was all due to the forwards. Now, there is a lot of question or there are a lot of question marks on the defense of the halves. We talked a lot about it, all of that. But this is what we thought. All right, they're going to give up chances. They are going to get hemmed in their own zone sometimes. It is going to be hard attack hockey on the other end. But they can make interesting things happen in the opponent's zone as well. This is what we thought that they could be. And if they can be this night in and night out, I honestly, like, I won't be bored watching these games. You know, you and I are going to be watching all of these games. We have to cover them for the podcast, but at least we'll be enjoying them, even if the losses continue to pile up. And and here's the thing about this game is that it was kind of frustrating because the six-second goal was like, you had Jake Allen making these incredible saves at the end of the second And then they come out and David Savard had admittedly a bad game, not the best game we've seen from him, but then everything just kind of rolled back in. And we're going to talk a little bit in the next segment about what made this game fun, but Michael Pozzetta just, you know, getting suckered by Brendan Lemieux and then Alexander Romanov sending Rasmus Kupari into the next decade with a hit seemed to have brought life to the Canadians in this game. And they played with passion. And like you, Laura and I have been saying, we don't ask for much, 
but play exciting, play like you give a damn. And they did tonight. I know they lost in overtime and Jake, uh, Jake Evans kind of got burned a little bit, but guess what? They still got there. These are games that they'd end up giving up two, three goals after Ayafalo scored. And you know what happened? Jake Evans might have scored one of the goals of the year. He put Tobias Bjornfoot in a blender and ended that man's entire NHL career with one move. It was so good to see energy. And the fourth line didn't play much. Pizzetta and Belzeal played sparingly. Cedric Paquette got injured early on in the game, which is, it is what it is. But at the same time, this looked like a different Canadians team. Even on the power play, they didn't score, but you see them going cross zone, setting up one-timers, moving, and not just hemming it back to the point only. This team looks like they've taken a lot of recent criticisms from fans and the media to heart. They realize, oh, we got to change things here. And it seems really like they are. I, I got to say, if this is how the Canadians are going to lose games from here on out, I'm fine with that because I'm seeing good things out of it. Romanov was good. I thought Ben Sherratt was good tonight. Nick Suzuki was 100% in Corsi events against Philip Deneau tonight. And they only played 90 seconds, but he had 6-4-0 and zero against. That's pretty damn good if you're Nick Suzuki. I, I'm finding it real hard to find a fault in this game so far. Yeah, I agree with you there. And there, you know, you can't discount that in the second, the opposing team made adjustments and they were able to come back pretty strongly against the Habs. Obviously there were some stretches where Jake Allen kept them in, but that's the course of a normal game, right? Any game you play, no matter what team you are, you're expecting, unless you're playing the San Jose shark, not the San Jose shark, sorry, the Vegas golden Knights, because they now have Pete DeBoer who does not believe in adjustments. You're expecting any NHL team, when you come out and you are the better team in the first period, you're expecting them to make adjustments in the second. That's always how it goes. And so I don't fault them because the Canadians, instead of taking that second period and then falling apart, not only that, that setback of six seconds in, it's the fastest goal to start a period in LA Kings history. I think that they really were they really stayed strong and they stayed mentally strong. We keep talking about the fragility. Can they replicate this? I don't know. I mean, they're up against a better team, but it's not like the LA Kings have been, you know, that crappy. This is their sixth win in a row. They beat the Toronto Maple Leafs last night. So I think that the Canadians really did put together what we wanted to see from them. If we account for the talent drain that they had in the offseason, if we account for the fact that, oh, they're not as good as we want them to be. All right. I don't want to call them a bad team because I think they're playing badly. I don't think that they're a bad team. I think they're playing badly and there's a big difference. But, you know, we knew that they weren't going to be world beaters. But in that context, this was a great game from them. If we can see this every night, you're going to see more wins. And you're also like more importantly, you're not going to be bored out of your mind watching this team tank. And that's exactly it. If you're going to lose, lose entertaining, and that's exactly what it is. And coming up in our next segment, we're going to talk about some of the fun parts of this game, some of the things that actually made this worth staying up for and watching it go to overtime, even though we're both, you know, busy, busy people who were working in the morning. And there's so much to touch on. This was, it was fun. It might be some of the most fun we've had all year, and we're going to touch on that all coming up next. Folks, have I told you about Shopify? 
It's the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. In case you don't know, Shopify is a complete commerce platform that lets you start, grow, and manage a business. The subscription-based software allows anyone to set up an online store and sell their products. Shopify store owners can sell in physical locations using Shopify POS, our point-of-sale app, and a company hardware. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business, so upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility, and Shopify helps make your entrepreneurial dreams come true. And if you go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNHL, that's all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, and you can get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. So grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's all lowercase right now. Shopify.com slash LockedOnNHL. Now, if you follow this show, you know that we love Built Bar, and Thanksgiving is right around the corner, and that's full of good food, plenty of it, and you're going to want some kind of dessert besides what you normally have, and it's the perfect time for Built Bar. Built Bar is your new holiday dessert. Stick them in the freezer, stick them in the fridge. Trust me, it's an incredible idea, and Right now, you can replace that coconut cream pie with the coconut Bilt Bar or the coconut brownie crunch, which I hear is making a comeback. Get the raspberry Bilt Bar instead of raspberry pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, everything you want. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And they're not only a great option for after Thanksgiving dinner, but you can take them on the go. I have them at work in the morning or after I leave the gym or go on a hike. There is something for everybody. And stick around because Built Bar Black Friday is coming up again. So mark your calendar. There's going to be a huge event at Built.com with all sorts of surprises. And if you go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, you're going to get 15% off your next order. So that's built.com and promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order. Once again, folks, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms. And with us being your first listen, Laura, we both agree that game was fun. Nick Suzuki doing Nick Suzuki things. Fun. Michael Pozzetta making Brendan Lemieux fill his diaper. Fun. Alexander Romanov ending lives with hits. Fun. Jake Evans dangling and ending Tobias Bjornfoot's NHL career. Fun. Overtime. Take it or leave it. But I I, I enjoy hockey being fun again. That I, I don't mind the loss. It, it, it was fun to see the team play like this. And there were so many standout performances in this. I agree. I mean, just think about it. Jake Evans, and we talk about Jake Evans a lot on this show. He's one of our favorite players because he always puts in the effort. He's always got the intensity night in and night out, but he just, he doesn't have the hands. This is something we've lamented in the past. And ironically, Andrew Berkshire, friend of the show, said that Jake Evans would be such an amazing player if he had 5% more talent. And then almost immediately, Jake Evans puts together a highlight real goal. That was so gorgeous. But yeah, I want to shout Jake Evans out because his effort, 
always, his effort is always there. But tonight it was finally rewarded with something that people are going to be talking about for the next few days. I also think that Arturi Lekkanen had a great game. Yoel Armia had a great game. And I was really hoping that this would be, you know how he randomly every year he has a couple of games where like after being quiet for 10 games, he'll have four points in a game or something like that. I was really hoping this would be it, but it was not, alas. However, I thought he played a really solid game. Ben Sherratt did not make us curse a single time. A single time he did not make us curse. Michael Pizzetta, even though he took a couple of boneheaded penalties owing to his temper, did not decapitate a person. And can I point it out. Can I touch (laughs) on that whole Michael Pizzetta thing? Because I think that Brendan Lemieux is a gutless coward who... He effed around and then he wasn't ready to find out quite yet. And it really annoys me that he kept going after Alexander Romanov for a clean hit in the first period. And then Michael Pizzetta, flow, mustache, crazy eyes and all, got right up in his grill and he gave him a little cross check, which admittedly a penalty. Mike Johnson on the TSN broadcast was incredulous. They called Lemieux's first one, they called his first dive, which it was. It was a dive. You will not convince me otherwise. They didn't call the second one where it looks like a shot. Uh, someone shot him in the chest as he fell over when Michael Pozzetta got in his face. And then Brendan Gallagher was ripping into him. Brendan Gallagher is leaning over Samuel Montembeau on the bench and yelling across at him. And I will go back and I will make a gif of this because I missed it live and I really regret it. But that entire thing, buddy, if you're going to mess around and be a pest, yes, Pizzetta has to keep his temper in check. But if you're going to talk about it, you better be about it. When some rookie who was playing on an AHL fourth line gets in your kitchen, you're Brendan Lemieux. You're not important enough to run away from causing trouble, unfortunately. And I got to say, Pizzetta's got to be smarter than that. But I love I love the energy. I love the 80s vibe of Michael Pizzetta. He's about as old school a player as it gets without actually, you know, being a player from the 80s. And I'm very wrong. I do think he needs to rein it in and be a little bit more composed next game. But honestly, I love it. I love the energy. I love the dastardliness of him. And I want more of that. I'm not saying, you know, take penalties. But I'm saying if you want to be a little annoying and, you know, you give him a little stick, you give him a little hack around the ankles every now and then, you know what? Do it. You're 3-9-1. and one. You're very out of the playoff race right now. You might as well be absolutely annoying to play against. Oh, absolutely. And he's so great for that. And somebody did point this out, though, even though a little bit of it was a bit too much and it was ill-advised. I mean, I enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie to you. I enjoyed the hell out of that. Uh, but yeah, like just that, the energy and that presence on the team is really making a difference. It's giving the whole team a jump. I personally, I really like their effort. I'm going to be very disappointed if they can't follow it up with similar efforts. I'm not asking for wins every night. I know they're not actually capable of going, you know, whatever it is now, uh, 74, how many games are left? No, it's, it's, uh, 64 or something like that. Anyway. Uh, I can't count, uh, but either way, somebody said that they have to go like 42 and something to even have a hope of making the playoffs. I don't think they're going to do that. I actually have come around to the idea of them tanking, but you know what? If they can tank pretty, I'll take it. And, and I, I agree with that. It, it's like we said in the first, and it's 
it doesn't always have to be a win. I would love it if the Canadians won every game. This podcast would be nothing but sunshine, rainbows, Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, and a trench coat getting candy from the candy store. But we live in a reality where that's not an actual thing. I'm all about the Canadians playing like this. You know, you might win, but they're going to get their pound of flesh in there right now. And I know coming up next is the Flames game, and we do have a very special uh episode lined up for that i'm very excited because the flames are a tough test and then they've got detroit again on the weekend and we always know how well the canadians have played against detroit this year they're riding high right now there's a lot of good energy from this game and i know we've said this laura how many times five six times this season that there's things they could learn from and build on i think this is one of those losses where they might learn more about what their team is than they do in a win and i am Despite knowing better in every single facet of this, I hope they learned something from this game. There's a lot that they could, and I'm hoping it, they pick up literally anything out of this. I am begging them to. And coming up in our final segment, we got to kind of make a little bit of a hard turn here. Carey Price uh, spoke via Instagram today about his uh, absence from the Montreal Canadiens. So um, there is a little bit of a heads up on that. It's going to be a little bit heavy. There is, but it is a discussion we need to have. And that is all coming up next. We are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. So we are back with our final segment here, and I know we were talking about a lot of fun and how that game was. But ahead of the game, the Canadians fan base kind of got some news that we were not, I don't want to say waiting on because Carey Price didn't know anyone an explanation, but after being away from the team for 30 days as part of the player assistance program, Carey Price uh, put out a post on Instagram explaining his absence. And I'm going to read this for, uh, read this verbatim from his post. And we're going to kind of dive into uh, what we think the Canadians are or what, is the next step for the team and for Carey Price. So, and this comes right from his Instagram. Over the last few years, I've let myself get to a very dark place and I didn't have the tools to cope with that struggle. Last month, I made the decision to enter a residential treatment facility for substance use. Things had reached a point that I realized I needed to prioritize my health for both myself and for my family. Asking for help when you need it is what we encourage our kids to do and it is what I needed to do. I am working through years of neglecting my own mental health, which will take some time to repair. All I can do is take it day by day. With that comes some uncertainty when I will be returned to play. I appreciate all of the overwhelming support and well wishes. I please ask that the media and our hockey community continue to respect our privacy at this time. Your support has been your support and respect of this so far has been a critical piece to my recovery, Carrie. And above all of that, I really told myself I was going to kind of let this slide, but I really hope that the absolute jerk who demanded that Carey Price get in front of a microphone and have an explanation for his absence and how 
it's partially his fault that the Canadians are in this spot, hangs his head in shame and doesn't show his face around Montreal for a while. Because not only was his initial request disgusting, but now knowing what actually happened and what was going on with Carey Price, it's beyond reprehensible. And no one in the fan base that I that I know of anyways is supportive of that. And all I can say is that I am glad Carey Price sought out help. Substance abuse is just as much a mental health issue as anything else out there. And I'm glad that he's seeking out help for what he needs after admittedly neglecting so much we know that Carey price puts an immense amount of pressure on himself and as much as fans might be big critics no one's a bigger critic of himself than he is and this show and i know laura i'm sure you'll have the same thoughts as we are behind Carey price 100 hockey is a secondary thing at this point in time and all that matters is Carey price the human being getting himself where he needs to be for Angela, his wife and his three kids and the rest of his family and friends out there. And you can see that the Canadians players all said the same thing. Ben Sherratt says hockey doesn't matter. Family is what comes first here right now. And Kerry, we're behind you hundred percent. Whenever you're back, whenever that time is in that, we're going to be here for you the entire way. Um, I know it's tough for the Canadians in this spot right now, but as everyone said, hockey comes second. And I'm hoping that we get to see Carey Price back to the happy, healthy guy that we know he or that he has been in the past right now. And that's truly all that matters. Exactly that. And there were some other again, we're not mentioning this because we don't want to we don't want to get into that. But there are some people speculating as to, well, like he talked about substances. So what substances? I mean, it's none of our business and it has not been any of our business. He has shared with us the extent of what he's going to share with us. And he specifically said that our respect of his privacy has been instrumental in his recovery has been, that's, that's what he needs. And so the, we talked yesterday, literally yesterday, you know, he met with the team physicians and trainers they think he's progressing well, but as Ducharm said, and as he said, the mental side of this, like he needs to take his time and he needs to heal and he needs to truly be ready to come back to the team. Because if he does rush back, given, you know, what he's going through, it's, it could cause a setback. Right. And so for, for, from a fan perspective, we just have to wish him well. And from a media perspective, as much as people see their, their role in the media as trying to uncover facts, this is not a fact that's relevant to anything. The fact, like the literal fact, all anybody, like all anybody should or needs to report about is Carey Price is currently not playing with the team and he will join the team whenever he's ready. And then at the point that he's ready, or there's an expectation that he's going to be ready, that's what should be reported. I think that in something like this, it's really important to respect his privacy. And you know, what's going to happen when he comes back is it's the same elements of people who aren't respecting him. Now we're going to ask how he feels about how, what the, what kind of a hole his team is in and the standings and things like that. And it's just, you know, I, I expect it to happen and I know it's going to be so infuriating and 
At the same time, I do have to say, though, Carey Price speaking about this, somebody who is at the pinnacle of his career, like he's had such a phenomenal career. Literally, the only thing he hasn't won, or there's two things he hasn't won. He hasn't won the Conn Smythe and he hasn't won the Stanley Cup. That's it. He has been so he's had such an illustrious career. He has been so successful. But I think it's so important that he talked about how he was in a dark place and how it could happen to anybody. And, you know, it doesn't matter how successful you are. It doesn't matter how financially well off you are. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, like if, if you look at it from the outside, he's got this great family, this great career. He's done so well. This could happen to anybody. And asking for help is so important. The fact that he did it and he is being this public about it. I really, really hope that it influences other people to ask for help and realize there's no shame in going through this. And there's so much that's often like people feel such a shame about it. That's why they don't seek help. That's why they don't tell people. And that's also, I think it just raising the awareness that this could happen to anybody. I hope it makes people feel less alone as well. And, you know, there's so much, there's so much negative feeling about yourself that goes with something like this, that it's so, so important to see Carrie Price, you know, do what it takes to have to, you know, to do the hard work that it takes to overcome. Like, this is not easy. So I hope that he provides, I, I mean, no, it's, it's not his job to do that. It's not his job. It's not his role. He doesn't need to provide inspiration to people, but I hope that the fact that he is is going to help other people. You know, he doesn't need, to, he's not in any way required to share with us what's going on. He's not in any way required to put himself in a position to be a role model. Nobody who goes through something like this is required to do that. It's not their responsibility, but he's choosing to be this open about it. And I hope that, you know, it does help people that he's doing that. And I can't wait to see him back. And I really hope that when he is back, Fans are respectful, opposing fans are respectful, and more importantly, some elements of the media that we already can see asking the cringiest questions. I really hope that by that time, somebody takes them aside and educates them. And with that, we are going to leave off on this episode. Like I said, we have a very special episode ahead of Thursday's game with the LA Kings with some good friends from a certain defunct mascot site, and you're not going to want to miss that. Until then, Carrie, we love you. We're behind you 100%, buddy. You know, can't wait to see you back in your sweater again. And thank you, everyone, for listening. You can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick and myself at Scott Matla. And after you're done listening to this, check out Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.